Welcome into the Pro Football Network Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Dallas Robinson. He's Jay Morrison, as always. How are you doing today, Jay? I'm good, Dallas. I have my hat on to prevent the falling sky from giving oh, me man. a concussion. I mean, Bengal fans are, uh, I don't know, they're they're a little apoplectic right now. It's its, it's not good. There's, it's a disaster in Cincinnati right now. There's no, yes. other, there's no other way around it. But the Bengals are 0-2 for the second consecutive season. It's not like last year because Joe Burrow's hurt again. It's like, you know, where do we where do we go from here? The, the, we've seen the Bengals come out of these 0-2 holes before, but Joe Burrow's injury puts a whole another cloud over things, I think. The Bengals obviously fell to the Ravens on, on Sunday. Joe Burrow, I think he looked pretty good. We talked about it a little before the show, but I think he looked he looked pretty good. And and it's unfortunate that he got re-injured because I it looked like he had begun to look like the quarterback he was last year and kind of play more like he did when he was an elite, elite option last season. And then just at the end of the game, he retweaks that calf injury. And now it seems like things are very up in the air for next week. And, and we don't know if Joe Burrow is going to play. And yeah, I don't know. It's a very tough situation for the Bengals right now. It's what are, what are your initial takeaways, Jay, from, from the week, from, from where with things stand with Burrow and how things look going into week three. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think he looked totally comfortable yet in the pocket, but he did look a lot better. And, that first drive, that throw he threw to Irv Smith that should have been a 28-yard gain on third down. Instead, Irv can't get the second put down. It ends up being a three and out. That was a terrific throw. And really, if they hit that, then they're in Baltimore territory or right at midfield. I can't remember where the exact yard line was. Mm-hmm. But you could see things getting rolling. And really, the only bad series was the second one. It was a terrible three and out. I mean, there was a one-yard mix and run, a screen to chase for no yards, and then a and I think it was a pass to Travion Williams for a yard, and Mm -hmm. that went nowhere. But you could see he looked better. Um, They were utilizing the middle of the field. They were were hitting Higgins over a lot of crossers over the middle, and and Tyler Boyd. There was one where he kind of winced a little bit. It was called a hospital ball where Mm -hmm. he hit Boyd over the middle high, and he got got chopped down pretty good, but he made the catch. I thought Boyd played really well. The the takeaway, I mean, it's – you mentioned it, the the question about – Week three is there in my mind. It's weeks four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Is this gonna be something he deals with all year? Yeah. And you know, even he didn't have an answer for that. We we he it was a different Joe Burrow in the press conference after the game. And he's he he's normally, you know, everything's gonna be fine. I'm fine, I'll fight through it. And and you could tell there was some concern in his voice and there was some doubt about what's this going to look like the rest of the year? You, you talked about last year's 0-2. It was you know, every week getting better and better and healthier yeah, and healthier. Exactly. Just the nature of coming back from an appendectomy. This is totally different. Um, so I, I, I do. There is there is a lot of cause for concern there. Now, we're not going to know anything. The, the Bengals don't have media access on Tuesday as we record this. They don't have it on Wednesday either because of the Monday night game. So it'll be Thursday before we see sure. what exactly Joe Burrow is doing in practice. Um we were all kind of joking yesterday. We're a bunch of men standing around judging the gait of, of another man. Does, does he, <laughs> yes. Is he walking briskly? Is he uh-huh. limping? And and he did. He looked good. But, I mean, walking through the locker room is obviously much different than playing NFL sure. football. But he didn't have anything on the, on the calf. Um, and he did seem to be walking okay. But, um, obviously, there's going to be a lot more treatment that has to be done. There's, there's Zach talked about there's doctor's visits that are going to have to be done, uh, and, and they're going to take the recommendation of the doctors. I'm sure, if you ask Joe, he's like, I'm playing. Yeah. Um, but that would not be the smart thing to do if it's if it's recommended against it. So um, it is. It's wait and see. Um, it's you, you look at this stretch of schedule mm-hmm. and Rams, 
Cardinals, uh, Titans, not in that order, Titans and Cardinals, and and Seahawks. And it's like it's not a murderer's row. Um, but I, I don't know, you know, if however long Joe's out, you know, can Jake Browning win you a game? Right. Is Will Greer ready yet? I mean, he's been here for a while. There's there's a lot of questions and and um oh and two's bad oh and three would be damning 2.4 percent of teams that have started oh and three have made the playoffs so big big game monday night but a lot of questions before we get to that it's just really unfortunate because i i thought joe burrow was like really layering some nice throws across the middle of the field hitting hitting tight windows you know that i that we definitely didn't see in week one the advanced metrics don't show it he you know the Bengals' offense was still bottom third in epa per play burrow was bottom third in epa per drop back I think that's going to happen when you throw a, a interception right near the goal line and yeah. sacrifice those points. That was like the one truly horrible play that, that that he made on Sunday. But I really do think, and he looked mobile too. I think he looked pretty decently mobile and, and showed a little bit of movement outside the pocket before he got re-injured near the end of the game. And they were getting him on the move and kind of changing his launch point. Um, so it was really encouraging. So it's just very frustrating. And you know, how, how much time do we spend in the preseason on this backup quarterback situation on whether, whether it was going to be Trevor Simeon or Jake Browning? And then, like you said, bringing in Will Greer on the practice squad. And here we are two games in the Bengals might have to turn to those guys. I, I I think it's worth getting into, like, if if the Bengals should seriously consider sitting Joe Burrow down for a couple of games and saying, let's just see if a little bit of rest can maybe get you better so we can have you for the rest of the season hopefully into the postseason if they're able to make it. I don't know. I don't think Joe Burrow's going to want to do that. Yeah, it's not It's not any any NFL player's attitude, I think, is or any NFL player's – that's not what they want to do. They, they want to play every game, but that's why you have head coaches. That's why you have decision makers, I think, to make those long-term decisions for the sake of the team, for the sake of the player. And like you said, this isn't a brutal ske- a point of the schedule. So I, I do wonder – it, it, depending on we're, it's going to have to see what the doctors say. I think the medical opinion will, will probably take precedence. But just is there is there any reason that you would sit him down for a couple of games and say let let's see what we can do now? If they lose a third game with Jake Browning under center, the season's probably over. So maybe they don't want to ri- the risk something like that. But I, I do wonder, dude, is it worth getting him a little bit of rest? Yeah, I mean Zach was asked that exact question yesterday, and he didn't he didn't dismiss it. He yeah. said we're going to have to wait and see what the doctors say. So it's on the table. I mean, it's, it's absolutely something they might consider. Um, but you're, you're right. It's your, your chances of winning. I mean, I think Jake Browning has improved as he's been here, but yeah. he's obviously it's a steep cliff from, from Joe Burrow, even a compromised Joe Burrow to a healthy Jake Browning. And this is, I know people think it's ridiculous to say must win in September, but this is a must win. It is. You, you, they, I mean, Oh, and three is just really, really hard to yeah. pull out of and you it always has that caveat where we say oh 2.4 percent of teams that have started 0 and 3 have made the playoffs well the, the 17th game changes that that, that gives sure. you a little more time to catch up but still that's not a ton more though it's only no. one more game I mean, it, it's, it, it also gives other teams more time to bury. exactly so exactly it yeah it's it, it's a tough tough decision and uh i don't know which way they're gonna go yeah. um i don't know i don't think they know I think they're going to see yeah. how Joe feels later in the week, how he practices. Um, obviously, he's not going to be 100. percent You just have to. Where is that line? Where where does where do you have to feel comfortable of, of putting him out there mm-hmm. um, at whatever level he's compromised? And it's not something that Zach Taylor and this staff have really had to deal with, like managing yeah. a, a lingering issue like this. So it's it's mm-hmm. kind of a new challenge for them to have to proceed and see how they deal with this. 
And the, and the Rams, you know, I, I think people were writing them off. I, I think we had them 31st in our preseason power rankings, but they look pretty impressive. I mean, their, their defense is still a question mark, but they can absolutely put up points. So I, I, it's not going to be a cakewalk opponent, especially if Jake, uh, Jake Browning is out there on Monday night. Um, you know, there were a lot of player frustrations after the game, too. I think there, there is a sense of, you know, we started 0-2 last year, and look, we got back to our second AFC title game. But I think there's also some frustrations, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You wrote about Jamar Chase's comments that mm-hmm. he wants more passes down the field. He wants more deep shots. Um, you know, he obviously had a high average depth of target during his rookie season. Last year, teams started paying more, playing more cover two shells, two high shells. His average depth of target dropped to about 9.5. This year, it's dropped to about 7.5. He, he is well down in terms of how far they're taking shots down the field now that's of course that's just on on targets but he I think he's right that this offense needs more explosive plays um Mm -hmm. they they did some of that on on Sunday but I think that's an area where they need to grow yeah to put some context on what Jamar said you know it's he he wasn't complaining about his his amount of targets and how much he's being used he he said it he's more than fine to watch te t had the hot hand he was happy to watch that especially after the game t had in the opener but he 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 wants some more deep balls and it wasn't it wasn't a criticism of just zach taylor and brian callahan i mean it was he was kind of pointed to joe burrow too where it's not like they're they're not sending him out on these deep routes he was basically saying this is why we have deep threats let's take a chance throw it up there uh, Joe's not really a take a chance kind of guy. If, if it's there, he's going to hit it. He's not going to force it. Um, and, and and I think because of the the calf, you're seeing him go through that those progressions a lot quicker and and not wanting to have to run and extend plays and just yeah. going to the checkdowns and going to the shorter, quicker game. Um, it all makes sense. And then the other thing too, Zach pointed out, which is a good point, that you know Baltimore knows what Jamar Chase is, and, yeah. and they they put all kinds of attention his way to prevent him from getting anything down the field. And that's what's supposed to happen. Tyler Boyd and T Higgins are supposed to step up and have pretty good games. And and that did happen. And so we'll see if this lingers. Um, I, I I think you're going to see Jamar get, it's just, it was the opponent. It was, it was what Baltimore does. They play that soft. They're not going to let you get behind them. That might change this week. Um, And it wasn't just him, you know, Joe Mixon, was asked to talk after the game Sunday and and he said no. And I I couldn't quite hear if he said uh, tomorrow or Mm. later this week, but he he did not talk yesterday either. Um, You know, 13 carries in in each of the first two games. uh, The last time Joe Mixon had fewer than 14 carries in back-to-back games was week six and seven of 2019. So I think I think he's looked good. I think he he's has. looked good in both he's weeks. Terrific. And great burst, great explosion in the open field. Like I, I've been tackles. really impressed. Yes. Yes. Um, and and so you wonder there, is that is that a long game? Is, yeah. is that them knowing he's getting older as a running back and they want to limit his usage to sure. keep him healthy down the road? It's also probably a product of them falling behind in these games and they're they're just going, they're throwing more. If they get a lead yeah. early, I think you're gonna see them ride Joe Mixon a little bit more. Um, and it wasn't just them. There was, you know, there, a lot of players after they lost to Cleveland was, hey, we've been in the spot before. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Last week after the loss to Baltimore, when, hey, you guys have been 0-2 before, there's a lot of, I don't want to talk about the past. Mm-hmm. Last year doesn't matter. You could tell they were kind of, they were fed up. That So the tensions are, are there. Um, frustrations are there. Uh, it's 
it's going to be through the roof if they go zero and three, and if, yeah. if they can beat the Rams, then I, I think everybody takes a deep breath and, and we'll see this team. Um, I don't want to say be fine because you never know what's yeah. going to happen with Joe Burrow's calf, but uh, assuming nothing worse happens health wise, I, I think they will get it going. Yeah, it's interesting just talking about mixing in the in the run game. I mean. I've seen some people suggest that the Bengals should maybe try more two tight end sets and get Joe Burrow under center. And I, I don't know about you, but I just don't think that's going to happen. That's just not the identity of this team. That's not what they. That's not what was successful for them last season. They're a shotgun based team. I mean, do you really want the Bengals taking Tyler Boyd off the field and putting in Drew Sample? Like, how much do you? How much do you really want that to happen? I I don't know. I I did, I think they're going to stick with what's worked for them and. As long as as long as Burrow can at least be in there, even if he's limited, I I don't see I I don't see it getting to the point where they're going to have to make wholesale changes to this offense. And I I don't know that Zach Taylor would be interested in doing anything like that either. I mean, they've done it in the past. They've they've made some major changes early in seasons. But they yeah, have. I don't think that's what they want to do. No, and they've run more ten personnel with no yeah. tight ends. I, and he was asked. Zach was asked that yesterday, and he. They don't go 12 because he said we have the best three receivers in the league. So we're not taking one of those guys off the field to put another tight end in there, especially when you're talking about a true sample, when you're talking about, I mean, this is not exactly a bunch of Travis Kelsey's out there in this tight end room. It's a plotting, uh, not more of a blocking group than it is receiving group. And even our Irv Smith was supposed to be the guy with, with the hands and supposed to open up the middle of the field and he struggled to get anything going so far. So yeah, they're, they're going to continue to be an 11 team and probably, a 10 team more than you're going to see any 12. Yeah. What did, what did you think about Irv Smith yesterday? I know he made a couple, a few catches, but yeah, we mentioned that a couple third down plays where he couldn't get his foot down on the one. I think another one, he looked like he could have maybe broken a tackle and gotten a first down. I, I know people were excited about him, his role on this team. Just he's got youth. He's got some athleticism, but through two games, he's, he's been a little disappointing in my opinion. Yeah, and he's it's it's all been to the to the perimeter. I thought yeah. he was going to be an up the seam kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember the play you're talking about where he, he had a chance to break the tackle. Yeah. It, that struck me watching that game. The Ravens just don't miss tackles. There, there was, I mean, I think Mixon made a guy or two miss, but the rest of them, it was first contact and down, mm-hmm. and and that's where they've been in the past. That's why they play that yeah. that soft laid back, keep everything they, they in just, front, they, rally they the, ball. the ball. They just fly yeah. the ball. Yeah. Um, so. I give him a pass on that one. The I don't know the, the sideline one. Yes, he should have come down with it, but yeah. that's you know a wide receiver. You would be more critical. The, sure. a, a tight end that that would still have been a, a little bit difficult footwork. I don't know if it if it was a a positioning thing where he just got too wide, or if it was a technique thing where he just didn't get the yeah. foot down. But yeah, that would have been a huge play. But he he has been uh, a disappointment production wise because I really thought he was going to be the guy that if teams are focused on taking Jamar and T away that he could really yeah. do some damage up the middle. And we just haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, I th- like we said, I don't think Joe Burrow was that bad. Um, Lamar Jackson was just better. Lamar Jackson played like an MVP candidate. He was outstanding. I thought as a passer, as a runner, as deep ball as a flowers was beautiful. The Bengals just had really no answers for him. They couldn't contain him. Luckily they're not going to have to play a Lamar Jackson athlete every week, but the run defense issues on Sunday were a problem. I don't think Lou Anarumo was very happy. We talked a little earlier before the show about yeah. his comments um, on, on some of the run defense issues. It, it was really frustrating. I think the Bengals put themselves in good positions on defense quite a bit. 
and then bad things happened after that. Whether it was penalties that wiped out big plays for the Bengals, whether it was getting the getting the Ravens backed up and then allowing a huge play to let them get another chunk of yardage. They, I, think, I think it was second 20, first and 20, second and 20, and three, and they give up a 20-yard pass to Marquez. And it, it, it just can't happen. When you, back, when you get teams backed up like that, you have to execute and you have to finish the drive. I, I think the defense, you have to say it's a concern through two games. I, I don't know that it's a major concern that can't be fixed. This is, for the most part, a very similar depth chart to what the Bengals had last season when they were a very successful defense. Lou Anarumo, in my mind, is still one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Um, I, I'm not that concerned, but, man, it, it was disappointing against the Ravens. I'm, I'm glad the Bengals aren't going to have to play a team like that every week. Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to it because you know, week one, it's Nick Chubb, arguably yeah. the best running back in the league, and uh, horrible what happened to him last night. Mm-hmm. And then week two, you've got the the ultimate unicorn that this league has at quarterback and Lamar. It's, it's just a difficult a difficult assignment. And let's not forget the last two times they played Baltimore, Lamar wasn't in there, so right. um, it, it was just a different game. Um, and they did make some points where you know Zach said, you know if. if I can't remember Zach or Lou. One of them said, if we, mm. look, if we were getting whipped at the point of attack, I'd be concerned. That's not happening. A lot of the big runs that these teams are getting are, are either scrambles from the quarterback, like we saw Lamar do a few times, or cutbacks. And there was there was a play in the Baltimore game. There was a play in the Cleveland game. Elijah Moore went right, totally strung out. Everything played right. He cuts it back and, and then takes off for 18 or 19. So big chunks like that. But you look at overall, I've got some some numbers here. That right now the Bengals are 31st in rushing yards allowed per game. Last year they were seventh. Mm. Uh, currently they're 29th in rushing yards per attempt. So you take out the volume aspect because Cleveland right. ran it 40 times. So uh, 4.99 yards per attempt they're allowing right now. Last year they ranked ninth. Again, top 10, 4.19. Uh, currently they're 32nd in the league in number of rushes of 10 yards or more. They've given up 15 <laughs> 10 plus oh runs. Uh, last year, they were seventh in that category. Um, they're 32nd in yards before contact. Last year, they were 22nd. So they weren't great mm. at that last year, but mm. still not dead last. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're currently 13th in, in yards after contact. They have tackled well. Um, last year, they were second in that category. So it's it's a noticeable drop. And yeah. I think, the, I think the, the most disappointing thing is you look at those four defensive linemen, starting linemen, are all guys that they've paid big money to. Yes. Sam Hubbard, BJ Hill, DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson. Hendrickson twice they've paid now. Mm-hmm. And then the linebackers, they just paid Logan Wilson. They just paid. So those are the guys. Those are your key guys, and they're not getting it done. So I, I think that is a concern right now. But again, you do have to yeah, you do have to consider the small sample size and you do yeah. have to consider the opponent. And I, I think it's going to be really good for this team to get out of the AFC North. Let's not forget how good they were last year. And they were still three and three against this division. It's a, it's a, it's a meat grinder. And uh, that's, that's been a big part of their struggles. They were, they only lost one game outside of the division last year. So I think they were going to be very happy to see a non AFC North team come to Ball Brown stadium Monday night. I do think one, one other concerning thing was that the Ravens didn't even have two of their best offensive linemen. Like they didn't have Ronnie Stanley at left tackle, Tyler Lindebaum at center. And the Bengals still really couldn't get any pressure, and they still couldn't stop the run, and they still couldn't contain Lamar. Now, Baltimore still has a good offensive line, even with those two guys out. I mean, they have solid players everywhere else, but 
when, when a team is missing probably their two best linemen, you would think that could be something that they would be able to attack. And it just, it really didn't happen. Lamar is excellent at avoiding pressure and excellent at scrambling. So you're not going to have to face that every single week, but I think it was disappointing. Uh, the, luckily, I think the Rams offensive line is not quite as talented as Baltimore's next week. I, I'll be curious to see whether if they can just get pressure with the front four, whether Lou ramps up maybe some blitz, some blitz looks, some simulated pressures next week. We'll, we can get, in, get into that in a little bit, but I don't think it'll be quite the challenge that it was this week for the Bengals. Uh, we did see some rookies get some work on Sunday. Miles Murphy got a pressure. He played played a handful of snaps. DJ Turner came in with, with Chio Awuzie still on a, something of a pitch count. And then uh, Nick Scott got injured, so Jordan Battle played some snaps. It's, it was interesting to see those guys play. I mean, I, I think it's good to get them the reps, but I, I don't know. Lou, Lou had some interesting comments on how those guys played. What, what, what were your yeah. thoughts on how those guys how those guys looked on Sunday? Yeah, I was surprised because Lou is brutally honest, and, and he he did he criticized he, he the, the long pass to Zay Flowers. He said yeah. that was on DJ Turner. He did not get over there in time, and and he should have been there to help out Cam Taylor Britt. Um, there, there was a play right after Nick Scott went out when Jordan Battle came in, and and he said he was. He was the guy, the unblocked guy, and he's supposed to come downhill and stop that. And he he was playing soft. He he thought it was going to yeah. be a pass instead of a run. So just rookie mistakes like that. The Miles Murphy thing is what really surprised me because Lou is willing to criticize guys um, and, and and you know be very honest when, yeah. when he's talking to the media. And I know Miles Murphy's taken a lot of heat on Bengals Twitter, and everybody's like first round pick. He's he's made no impact whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Lou is adamant that he is getting better every single week. He is, he is, I don't know if you want to say happy, but he, he likes what he sees from the progression from Miles Murphy. Now, 13 snaps against Cleveland, nowhere to be found on the stat sheet. 19 snaps against Baltimore, nowhere to be found on the stat sheet other than you did say he, he had the one pressure. Yeah. Um, so, but again, that's not all about, you know, defensive line, just like offensive line is a group playing in unison and, and doing their roles and, and, I don't know. I just, I I wonder what it's going to look like because there's a good chance they get Joseph Osai back this week. Yeah, and what you know, what does that do to Miles Murphy's snaps? Um, it's it, it it's going to be interesting to watch because I, I do think that they're they're counting on on Miles Murphy to kind of keep this progression going, and mm-hmm. it, it would seem as though Osai comes back. Miles Murphy would be the guy that might be inactive, but I, I think you might see. A Jay Tufele, um or a Josh Tupo, uh, one of the one of the backups to DJ Reader, especially yeah. against a Rams team with not a great running attack. Sure, um, be the, the the D lineman that gets down, so Miles Murphy can continue to to get more snaps and get more experience. But it's all growing pains. Um, yeah, you, you just know what's going to happen, and and that's why they were so reluctant to play Dax Hill last year early in the season. They didn't yeah. have to. They didn't have injuries. They didn't have reasons to put him in there. The reason DJ Turner's playing so much is because they still got Shadobe Owuze on a pitch count. Yeah. So I think long term, this is going to be good. They're, they're, like I said, growing pains right now, but you look down the road, they're going to benefit from these guys getting all these snaps so early. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good sign when you don't have to play your first round pick as a, as a starter right. every week, right? I mean, that's, that's a positive. Um, but how he develops over the season is definitely something to watch. Like you said, if, if they, they have defensive ends who can move inside on passing downs and that, that creates more opportunities, I think, for Murphy to get on the field. But, you know, I, I don't think he's one of the top three defensive ends, obviously, when everyone's healthy. So we'll just have to see how he does. He'll probably get a handful of snaps as the year progresses. And 
and see how things go. I was, I, I think DJ Turner is still impressive. He obviously gave up that big pass, but I, he's a second round rookie in a second career NFL game, you know, playing against some, a pretty talented quarterback. I, I wasn't too down on him and we'll see how Jordan battle does if he needs to fill in for Nick Scott next week. But it's, uh, it's very interesting to see, to see those guys getting snaps. It's not, Something that the Bengals normally do is, is see their rookies get a ton of snaps in recent years. So it's interesting to see them at least come into the game a little bit. Um, yeah, and with Jordan Battle, I mean, or he, we could see him again Monday night. Yeah. Nick Scott has a concussion, and those things, they're, they're just impossible to predict. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought it was interesting that Nick Scott went in the tent earlier in the game, mm-hmm. and it looked like he got his bell rung, and then the, the, the red hat went in there. So obviously they were evaluating him for a head injury. Um, as he was in there he kept the flap kept opening of the blue tent and he would stick his head out and watch the next play. He was so intent on what the defense was doing and watching the game. I've never seen a guy in the injury tent do that before. Uh, But, and he was cleared. He came back in the game and then second time he got, he, he went down hard. It was obvious that, that he had been stunned and um, a lot of guys took a knee and then they did, they ruled him out pretty quickly with the concussion. So we'll see if he's able to play. Um, But that, that is something that, that that could be an issue because you're talking about you've already got yeah. Nick Scott and Dax Hill trying to get a connection, and now all of a sudden you throw a rookie in there in Jordan Battle uh, against a Rams offense that has found a lot of passing yards with uh, Pakua, uh, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, um, yes. I'm going to learn how to say that by the time Monday <laughs> right night comes around. I just, uh, I just traded a, ver- a future first-round pick for him in my dynasty league, so I'm very go. familiar with Puka right now. Um <laughs> We'll talk about the Rams game in just one second, but I do want to go over just the AFC North and kind of where the Bengals stand in the AFC North. Um, you've got the Ravens 0-2, obviously. They're they're atop the division. The Browns are 1-1 after losing to the Steelers last night. The Steelers are 1-1. The Bengals are 0-2. But you've written about it. You've talked about it. The, the one advantage the Bengals have, in, until Joe Burrow got hurt, obviously, is that they they haven't suffered these kind of devastating injuries that, that the other teams have. The Cleveland... Obviously, Nick Chubb suffered a, just a gruesome injury last night. Terrible, terrible to see. He, he seems like a great guy, and he's obviously a great, great running back. So that's just devastating for them. And they lost Jack Conklin, their right tackle, in week one. So that's two key pieces down. Baltimore feels like every season is just hit by yeah. injuries every year. They already lost J.K. Dobbins, Marcus Williams. The safety is going to be out for a while. We, we mentioned the two offensive linemen that were out. Odell Beckham left, left Sunday's game as well. It sounds like he'll probably be okay. Uh, and then Pittsburgh just suffered a handful of injuries uh, last night, too. It was just an absolutely brutal AFC North-type game. Yeah. It seemed like I think that game took three and a half, almost four hours because there were so many stoppages with injuries and, and everything like that. Um, I, I The Ravens are, are 2-0, so they're two games ahead of the Bengals. It doesn't feel like anyone's like running away with this division yet. It feels like it's pretty still pretty condensed. But I think that those injuries at least – give the Bengals a chance to, to make a comeback yeah. like they have in previous seasons. Everything revolves around whether Joe Burrow is going to be available, obviously. But I, I do think that the state of those other rosters gives the Bengals a chance if if they can get things going. Yeah. I mean, that's why they do the, these, these light offseason workouts. Yeah. That's why they're, they're, they're not in pads as much as some of the other teams in training camp. It's yeah. At the cost of maybe being a little rusty when the season starts, but uh, they they view being healthy as as better, and that that was the case last year as well. Um, you know, you were probably holding your breath. You watched it was. I mean, Cleveland's already lost Jack Conklin, their tackle, and then last night Zadarius Smith was yeah. uh, looked like he might have been hurt. He came back in the game, and then Miles Garrett was limping around yeah. after a play, and it was just like, what is going on? It was 
it was just nonstop yeah. guys getting banged up in that game. And Denzel even, Ward got hurt. Greg Newsom got hurt for a little bit. The corners, yeah, just everybody. Yeah. And Minka for the Steelers. Yep. It went yep, to the exactly. hospital. Yeah, um, yeah, true. So it, yeah, it's. I mean, that if if that's the a silver lining you're looking for, and not that these guys are getting hurt, but that the Bengals yeah. aren't, and, and that they are. You know, Nick Scott aside probably going to have all their starters available on, on Monday. And the, the caveat that Joe Burrow is yeah. a, a different animal, but a massive caveat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, I mean, that, that does, that, that gives them, I don't know if you want to say a cushion, but it does mm-hmm. kind of buffer a little bit, this zero and two start and being two games behind. And you're right. I don't think anybody's going to run away with this division. I would, yeah. I would, uh, I mean, right now it's a one game lead. It's a two game lead on the Bengals. But Baltimore has a, a one-game lead on the rest of the division. I I don't know that we'll see any team in this division have more than a two-game lead at any point. If you look around the rest of the AFC, like the Bills are one and one, the Chiefs are one and one. Mm-hmm. The only two two no teams are Baltimore and Miami. So it's it's not like the Bengals have fallen completely behind the pack here. Yeah. If Monday night goes to 0-3, if they go to 0-3 on Monday night, we can start having that discussion. <laughs> right now, I think you you can't say that the season is over or anything like that. I, I don't think it's that drastic right now. Things could change mm-hmm. on Monday. Um, let's go ahead and talk about that Rams game uh, while, we're, while we're on there. I Everything's going to come down to Burrow. We, we've talked about it already, whether he's available or not. If he plays, I mean, I feel pretty good about the Bengals' chances. I mean, I've been impressed by the Rams this season. This is this is not the, the kind of pushover team that I thought they were going to be, but I mean, their defense is so anonymous outside of Aaron Donald. They just—I I don't think the average fan could probably name more than one other player on, the, on that defense. Yeah. It's just a lot of backups and rookies and undrafted free agents, but they can put up points. I mean, Matthew Stafford, when he's healthy, I think is still at least a top, probably a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, top 15. Mm-hmm. Puka Nakua looks really good. Tutu Atwell looks really good. Kyron Williams looks good. These guys are kind yeah. of coming out of nowhere. Um, the, the Rams kind of surprised the Seahawks in week one. They, I think they played the, the 49ers relatively close last, last week. The final score didn't really show it, but they, they kept it relatively close until the end. So I don't know. I, I think if Joe Burrow's in the game, they have a good chance. If Jake Browning is under center against that Rams team, yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, what, are, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I go back to the Super Bowl two years ago because it is the the primarily still the the same group on defense for defense, at least the the front seven for the Bengals. Yeah, that was as good as they've ever looked against the run. I mean, they totally shut down that Rams running game in, in the Super Bowl. That's a big reason why it was so close, even with Aaron Donald and the the rest of the Rams defense just mm-hmm. wreaking havoc on the Bengals O line. Um, so I, I do think that. You know, if they can do that again and shut down that run game and make the Rams be one dimensional, that it's it's going to work in their favor. Like you said, they their secondary is a lot of young guys, and I just I think we saw that offense start to click. The Bengals' offense start to click, and if the Burrow is in there, even though he's not going to be one hundred percent, I think you would expect to see more of that. Mm-hmm. And you, you said name one guy on the Rams' defense other than than Aaron Donald. It's the Jonah Williams Bowl. The defensive end Jonah <laughs> yeah, Williams is going to be going against Bengals right tackle uh, Jonah Williams. It's I didn't like, even think about that. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's so fun to think about that. Um, 
I mean, you had it a little bit with uh, what was it, Josh Allen, the defensive end for the Jaguars. Yeah. It's Josh Allen, the quarterback for yes. the Bills. It's rare when you see those kind of same name things. Yeah, I, I, I just like those kind of things. I think and, we had that in the um, World Series a few years ago when Will Smith struck out Will yeah. Smith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's I, I do. I think the, the Bengals have the edge. Let's not forget that 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 opening line of six and a half came out Sunday night when Vegas knew that Burrow yeah. limped off the field and yeah. was compromised. They heard his comments. They, I, I mean, I was stunned to see the line change that much by the next morning. And yeah. does that did, does Vegas know something that the Bengals aren't telling us that Burrow's not going to play, or is that just a matter of a bunch of sharps jumping yeah. on the Rams and, and the just forcing and that just, market to crater and, yeah. and it's down to one or one and a half, two in some spots, and so and it's off the board in some spots because of mm-hmm. the Burrow unpredictability. But uh, that feels right that if Burrow plays this. The, the Bengals should be about a touchdown favorite in this game. And you can't, it's, it's ring of honor night. It's the white mm-hmm. Bengal. It, it's going to be an electric atmosphere must win at Owen two. They just, I, I don't see them losing this game. If Burrow plays. If, if Browning plays, I do wonder how the offense would change, whether it would be, a, I assume they would leave lean more heavily on Joe Mixon and try and get that running game going. Yeah. I would assume they try and play more quick game and try and get the ball out quickly and probably not as much as many deep shots uh, to the chagrin of Jamar Chase. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think the offense would have to change if, if Jake Browning is in there and he's, you know, we saw in the preseason that he can make things happen. He's, he's not a statue in the pocket. He's mobile. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they would try and use that to their advantage and try and try and roll him out a little bit, try and use some more yeah. play action, get him out of the pocket quarterback quarterback draw I don't know I don't know what how unique of an offense they would they would throw out there I mean I remember a few years ago when the I think it was Jacoby Brissett's rookie season with the Patriots and they had to turn to him for a couple games and they the Patriots totally changed their offense for Jacoby Brissett for those couple games and really utilized his mobility and 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 they won a big game and I don't know it's I like we said Zach Taylor and the staff haven't really had to deal with something like this where they've had to I know Joe Burrow was hurt in his rookie season but it, since the Bengals have been competitive, they haven't had to undergo this sort of change uh, under center. So I, I I would be curious to see. I don't want Joe Burrow to miss the game. I think mm-hmm. that if he misses the game, the season could be over. I would be curious if Jake Browning is out there to see how they do things a little differently, though. Yeah. I mean, whether the Bengals put Jake Browning on the run or Aaron Donald puts Jake Browning on the run, I think you're going to see him <laughs> yeah. have to make plays yeah. with his feet. And he can't. He, he's he throws the ball well on the run and he's just got this a uh, savvy to him. He's, he's not super accurate when he's just sitting in the pocket, but he, he has a knack for making plays when, when things break down and um, there's a good chance things will break down at some point when Aaron Donald's on the opposing D line. So I would, I don't know if, if I would say they have no chance to win with Jake Browning, but uh, obviously that the chances go way down. Yeah. We will, we will get into that. Uh, Next week, if 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 they're zero and three, we'll have some concern here. You could, there's no doubt about that. Um, let's let's get into our bets and predictions for the week. Jay, you want to recap our bets from last week? I, I think we all were relatively mediocre. Um, yeah, well, we all broke even last week, so that's good when you're betting. Yeah. Um, yes, that is good. So you had Ravens plus three and a half. You you pissed off all the Bengals yeah, fans and said it, and, and you hit it. You, they won money line. They didn't even need the three and a half points. Yeah. Um, you put 10 on that, but then you had three on the Chargers minus or you had 10 on the Chargers minus three at Tennessee. Tennessee won that in overtime. Uh, Brian Lewis had the Bengals money line and the under. 
So he lost both legs of that parlay for minus 10. Sorry, bro. Uh, but he did have Chiefs minus two and a half at Jacksonville, which he won. And he had Seahawks plus six at the Lions, which he won uh, five each on those. So he broke even. And then uh, I had Bengals Ravens under. That didn't happen. Um, and I had Steelers plus two against the Browns, which I won thanks to TJ Watt's scoop and score <laughs> late in that game. So we are all, we're back to square one. Uh, Brian's in the lead at zero. I'm in second at minus 10 and, and you're in third at minus 20. Excellent. All right. Well, let's, let's try and get some of that money back this week. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for my Bengals related bet. I'm going to go with the under this week. It's set at 44 at DraftKings. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the under. I, if I had to put money at it, I would say Joe Burrow will play this week. I yeah. Obviously, we don't know. It's a total guess. But even if he plays, I think he'll be limited. And I just I, I think the Ram, I think the Bengals defense will step up. And I just see this as a lower scoring game. Um, we'll get into our predictions in a second, but I, but I do see this as a little bit of a lower scoring game. And then for my other bet, I'm going to go Patriots minus three over the Jets. I just cannot bet on Zach Wilson. <laughs> He's... I, I've written way too much this offseason about Zach Wilson and done way too much research into how his numbers over his first two seasons stack up historically. Uh, TLDR, they're not good. They're they're very, very bad. <laughs> Zach Wilson is not good. Uh, the Jets have an excellent defense. They are able to pull out a win in week one. But Zach Wilson versus Bill Belichick defense, in my mind, is a total mismatch. And I just cannot see them coming anywhere near the Patriots. So I'm going to go New England minus three over the Jets. So you can't bet on Zach Wilson, but you can bet on Mac Jones. Yes, exactly. That makes that makes sense, right? Does that make logical sense? No, really it doesn't. Not against okay. that Jets defense. I wouldn't touch that game. But if I did, I would probably would have gone Jets. Okay. Um, Brian uh, sent his bets in for us. He's going Bills minus six and a half. Um, that's they're, they're playing um, Washington, Washington in Washington, yeah. kind of a big number on the road. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got bears plus 13 and a half, um, which at Kansas city, mm, I don't know. Yeah, that's a big number. I, I, I try to yeah. not touch those big numbers in the NFL, but I, I think he's, yeah. I think he might be on the wrong side. Kansas city just hasn't looked good yet. And I, I think yeah. this they're due for an explosion at some point And the bills are, a a good candidate or I'm sorry, the bears are a good candidate to light the fuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to make a bet that I don't have a line on yet. Um, okay. I, I don't know if it's because Burrow's out or if this is typically what they do where the player props don't come out until later in the week, but I'm going Jamar chase anytime TD mm-hmm. uh, in this game. I just, he's been shut down for too long. Um, it has been the the familiar defenses that know how to play him. Now you've got, yeah. you've got a Rams team with a young secondary. Uh, I think they're going to find a way, even whether it's Browning or, Joe Burrow that yeah. they're going to get Chase involved uh, probably early. Uh, I, I tempted to go first TD, but I, I don't like those bets because anything yeah. can happen. Yeah. But yeah, anytime TD for I'll check and see later in the week what the number is and put it in the spreadsheet. Um, I think that makes a lot know, of sense just because like you could see the, the squeaky wheel treatment, right? When when a guy comes out and says, "I want the ball, I want these more targets," you could see we're going to do what Jamar wants. I, I could see it, and even if the Rams, yeah. even if the Rams sell out to stop him, I. With those corners in the second in the secondary they have, I don't think it would matter that much what their game plan is. My other pick, it's the Armageddon Bowl. I, I love these kind of things. The 0-2 Vikings and the 0-2 Chargers. Uh yeah, that's a good one. Some it's it I mean, one of these teams is gonna be that 0-3 where it's it's over. Um I've just I, I think the the Chargers are headed for an implosion. Um, okay. <laughs> it, I mean it started last year in the playoff. Yeah. Um Vikings are at home. I yep. thought they played the Eagles pretty well, given even despite the four turnovers. Um, 
so I, I'm going to go Vikings. I think they they win that game at home, um, and it is a pick them, so you don't have to even lay points. And I'm I'm going to do the same thing, just ten on each game. Now, having said that, would you like to place a bet on whether Brandon Staley is still the Los Angeles Chargers head coach on Monday if they fall out in three? Well, when is their bye week? Because uh, I, I think he lasts until if they lose the the game before the bye week, then that's when they make the change. Yeah, I think and I don't I, I don't know their coaching staff well enough to yeah. to know who would be the heir apparent if they if they moved on from him. Yeah. And, bye but, week is yeah, is week five, so that could definitely happen. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right, let's let's get into our predictions for the game. Um, kind of previewed it a little bit. I, I I'm assuming Joe Burrow is going to play. Mm. I I think if he can just he, he looked so good last week. I, I was so impressed by what he was doing, layering those throws. If he can just be out there and even be at 75%, I do think the Bengals can pull this game out, but I think it'll be close. I'm going to go Bengals 21, Rams 20. I, I think it'll be really low scoring. I think it's going to be tight. Um, if Jake Browning plays, I reserve the right to edit this prediction, but I'm going to go <laughs> Bengals 21, Rams 20 for now. Uh, I'm right there with you for all the same reasons, except I'm going 23, 20. I'm just going to flip the Super Bowl score. So yeah. <laughs> Bengals 23, Rams 20 instead of the other way around. That'll make up for that Super Bowl 51 loss for all the Bengals fans, I'm sure. Yes. We love revenge here. That's that, you know, we love revenge games. So let's, let's hope the Bengals <laughs> can do it. Um, that'll do it for this week, Jay. Another great conversation. Everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like us and, and follow us. If you're listening on a podcast, podcast platform, please give us a review. And come check out Pro Football Network. Jay's doing amazing writing every week on the Bengals. We've got just general NFL writing. We've got a ton of fantasy content if you're trying to do waivers this week and trying to bolster your team. With all these injuries, we've got all the information you can want. College football, NFL. Come check us out. Uh, Jay, you and I will be back next week. Um, podcast might be coming a little bit later next week with, with the Bengals playing Monday night, that late game. There are two Monday night games. So, But we will be back at some point. Um, whether Bengals are 0-3 or 1-2 and will definitely affect the tenor of our conversation. But we will be back next week. Jay, anything else before we sign off? No, just these these uh, late games. Uh, my goal is always to not be fighting rush hour traffic the next for the next morning's work day when I leave <laughs> yeah. the stadium. I'm hoping to be home by about 3 or 4 in the morning. So, yeah, we'll, we'll record a little later in the day on Tuesday. Yes. But uh, we will still have a podcast for you guys, win or lose. Jay needs his beauty sleep. I think we all know that. So we will let him get that before we come to you next week. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you next Tuesday.